As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network That word podcast, that means there's a place for you to subscribe. If you're not already a subscriber, you can do so wherever you're listening to this from right now And if you are a subscriber, thanks so much for keeping up with us week after week. We put out multiple interviews every single week, usually Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So feel free to uh, give the series a rating, leave a review, or just say hi in the comments box. Well, whatever, whatever inspires you. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, my guest, White Reaper. I'll be talking with Tony and Nick about the brand new record, You Deserve Love. We'll get to hear what the Nashville sessions were like as they expanded their sound, uh, not just with, uh, with more guitars, but with more instruments altogether. As they say, a tasteful bongo and electric mandolin. 
We'll also try to solve the mystery if they are a car band or not, and even what that means, how their songs speak to multiple generations, as well as what they are and aren't saying with those songs. A self-proclaimed escapist band writing really fun music, but not completely ignoring the bigger world topics. They, they find other ways to tie that in, in their artwork, in the album's title, which we'll get to discuss in detail as well. And we'll also head back to their earliest days right here in Louisville, part of what was called the Skull Alley scene. It was not only a venue, but a community that shaped how they approach shows even today. They're one of my favorite bands. They've got one of the best rock records of the year called You Deserve Love. It's Kyle Meredith with White Reaper. I want to start with because um, I guess I guess on the touring side because I'm catching you all between two Louisville gigs, but curiously, there's one right in the middle that like you just played Bourbon and Beyond, and you're going to turn right around and play Louder Than Life. But in the middle, you've got to fly to California tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yep. Is that easy? You know, you just sit there on the plane. We all just bought this newer video game system called the Nintendo Switch. So that (laughs) takes up a lot of brain real estate. So instead of worrying about maybe the plane crashing or anything like that, you can just zone out on your little screen and the palm of your hands. Yeah, I'm excited to bring my Switch on the plane. So, yes, it is easy. (laughs) So that that festival, which festival is that? That's the uh, Ohana Festival. Ohana Festival. I'm glad you said it because I was not going to get it right. Is this is this the uh, the Vetter Festival? Is this yep. the one he runs? This is the Vetter Fest. The yep. Vetter Fest. I need you all to do something when you get over there because I I, I know you know you all have a, a short you know tie to to Ed and the crew and everything. Just ask them where the hell the new record is. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it dawned on me. I know we're not talking about White Reaper yet. It dawned on me that um, as it's looking this decade, there will only be one Pearl Jam record. Wow. So wow. Bolt, it was just once for the whole decade. So I'm. When was a lightning bolt released? Uh, twenty thirteen. Ah, oh. so you know, you guys are the only hope now. Past yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about you. Deserve love. It's the brand new White Reaper record. Uh, I called the number. Yeah, <laughs> sounded great. It sounded so good. I used to do that a long time ago. Uh, before Amazon bought it out, there was a thing called CDNow.com, and it was a late 90s thing. And you would call them up, and you would hear like 30 seconds of, of the phone call. It's not like this is the most interesting thing I'm going to ask you, but what's the deal with this? Is this like the marketing team comes up with this? Is this something you guys got involved with? Yeah, I think this was uh, our manager, Sarah. I think she came up with this, if uh, if I think that's, that's correct. true. Yeah. She's uh, full of all kinds of cool ideas like that. To answer your question, we did not come up with it, <laughs> but I think it's a really good idea. Well, there's some artists that have kind of done something similar, but every now and then they're able to tap into the line and kind of answer. Can you all do that? Oh, I wish we could. We used to do this thing in the van. There's like burner phone apps. We do a hotline in the van sometimes, yeah. so you can call in and just give us a, you know, give us a piece of something, whatever you're thinking about yeah. during the day or whatever you want to ask us. We'll, we'll be there for you. We'll probably do some more of those coming up on yeah, our we'll next tour. hotlines. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll have some kind of like setup for it this time instead of just random... People like people randomly calling. Yeah, because I I did something similar on my show when I started out this the the, the new six o'clock show and I said here's a number say anything you want which ends up being the worst thing that you can tell someone <laughs> because they don't they don't say anything I don't know if you guys had like and everybody would come to me and they would say oh what's the weirdest thing somebody said and like nothing nothing <laughs> weird whatsoever it's not I mean have you guys had the same experience with that the best one was this guy calling here he was like hey is this why Reaper I'm from Boston I'm in the shower he's like I'm in the shower. 
<laughs> that, that was the best one for sure. It's exactly where you listen to White Reaper. <laughs> so this record, uh, you, you deserve love. Maybe we start simple. Like uh, you went to Nashville uh, to do this one. Uh, your producer, who did you hook up with this time around? Jay Joyce. Producer doesn't always mean something, and I think we put a lot more weight on it than than it does a lot of the time. Did it mean something for you all this time? Was that sought out specifically for a reason? It meant texture. This yeah, time. it. it it meant an awesome studio and a great guy to guide the way. <laughs> super chilled, super chill guy. He was not overbearing at all, and it was really easy to make that record. It was almost too easy. But I do agree with you that term carries too much weight to it, I guess. Yeah. People have the wrong ideas about what a producer is. <laughs> yeah, the 80s, I feel like we're responsible for that because the 80s became, the producer became the boss back then, and, and lazy journalism has just kind of held on to that. (laughs) But the Pixies just did a podcast, and it blew my mind because it was a complete all-access thing where in the studio, if if the door was open, the mics were on. And you kind of got to hear, like for me, like I've even worked with a producer, and and still I lose that concept, you know, like Mm -hmm. the importance of whatever. And you kind of, like sometimes they're the other member of the band, and sometimes they're more like, you know, a Yoda type of figure or whatever but but it seems like with 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 you know with a name like him and everything there is something meant like bands seem to be going to him when they want that bigger sound or at least that's the results yeah with jay he he has a like a, a rock past and he loves the replacements and that kind of sound and was a punk rocker from cleveland so he he's very versatile and can do a lot of different things. Yeah. But for us, he kind of just opened up. And he was like, "Here we go. Let's just let's <laughs> mess it up." Is that an accurate impression? Yeah. yeah it talks if just I like close this. my eyes, it's like it's, he's sitting here in this room with us, yeah. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> what about the mental side of it going into this record? Uh, you know, it's that's a tricky question because I've heard you all talk about before. Like, you know, the songs are just we're having fun. They're fun songs, and that's probably makes it very difficult to talk about. About, you know where the songs come from or whatever but were you going to some place specific when you wanted to write these no it was kind of a collection of demos that had come about over an entire year so it was many many different places and a lot of the lyrics were changed and written at different times or written at the last minute in the studio or at the B&B in Nashville and yeah I mean there's all kinds of places so it is very difficult to pinpoint where anything came from but it was like a you know a long what would you call that fermenting gestating period gestating period, <laughs> gestating period. <laughs> fermenting yeah. it it starts of, like it gets moldy after a while <laughs> yeah exactly that's why we had to change some of that stuff <laughs> it's the first time in the studio with hunter though i mean hunter's been in the band now for a while how did that change the dynamics uh it made things a lot easier for me uh because i could focus more on the singing and let him tackle some solos and like some verse riffs and stuff like that. And uh, I think it left us with uh, a lot more detail in our music than we'd had before. It's really cool. One of Tony's guitar is panned left, I think. And oh, I actually don't know. <laughs> they're either way, the like the guitars are you can, you can tell we're on opposite sides. I yeah. know that much. Right. <laughs> Jay, Jay did a really good job with of separating everything. Do you all do you, do you tackle writing solos the same way you would tackle like writing any like lyrics or anything like that? For sure, I definitely take it phrase by phrase. And uh Hunter is a bit more able as a guitarist than I am, so he can just kind of like do some takes mm. and he'll get a solo. Uh but for me, I just take it phrase by phrase. It was a uh, Jay Mascus 
talking because you call it master of guitar solos right there <laughs> and, and 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 wondering like how he because there's one in every song he's like yeah but i don't know what they are you know it's i mean that the, whatever you heard on the record was just sort of what he did right then yeah yep. and it was never like that again yep you know but but yeah i mean i get what you do sounds more meticulous i guess it, it sounds more thought out yeah because i i'm not you know good enough to just whip one out you know so I gotta I gotta think about it over and over. It's also a record that I've heard has um, uh, an electric mandolin and bongos, and I don't know <laughs> if that speaks to the bigger picture uh, or if that's just what's lying around. Maybe a little both. It sa- it makes it sound like it's goofy, but they're both used very tastefully. Tastefully, I gotta say it's the most tasteful bongos I've ever heard. <laughs> the bongos are in a song called Eggplant. That in itself means something different in the emoji world. Than... <laughs> I don't. I'm not thinking about it like that, Kyle. Come on. <laughs> you know, we called it eggplant because that's what I ordered for lunch that day from Asian Walk on Frankfurt Avenue. It's a good, good spot. It's fair enough. You know, <laughs> and that's great, by the way. When there's nothing else to it, then like that's what was happening right then. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Big dumb generic question here: easiest song versus hardest song to write and record. To write the easiest song. What, 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 are there songs that fit those bills? Maybe there's not. The for, hardest for me, song. the hardest songs to record are the slowest, which is interesting because you'd think slower you're playing drums easier, but no, that's not how it works. Because I'm I'm a fast I'm a punk I was a punk drummer as a child. And now I'm trying to slow it down a little bit. It's kind of hard to to go back. You know. We have a song on this new record called Hard Luck that was pretty difficult. I feel like. I feel like we uh, tried a lot of tempos and different scene changes and keyboards, and none of it felt quite right. That one was difficult. I don't know about the easiest one, but that one was pretty hard. Even on those, you know, you talk about those tempos slow. I mean, usually the whole thing, right, is when you get live, it it all gets sped up anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was the guy in the band who was always like, make it faster, make it faster. Even the ballads, like, make it faster, make it faster. And when you hear it, when you hear a video of that, you're like, wow, this is way too fast. <laughs> like when and when you're in the moment on stage, everything is slowed down. Yeah, everything is slowed down. Like no matter what, even if you try to think past it, it's still slow. It it's true. I practice. Everything feels fast to me. But then when we play a show, I'm like, is this the tempo that we do? <laughs> like this feels slow. I bring up the uh, you know the third song that you all released on this with one F, which is fantastic. I don't think I've really properly complimented this record either because it's a freaking fantastic record. Thank you. What do you with one F and everything? Um, I, I kind of laughed the first time I heard it, and, and assuming I'm getting the lyrics right here too, because there was some interview back at some point where you were talking about misconception of the band, like you're not a car band, you don't know anything about cars, <laughs> and I thought, and here they are, and they're leaning into the car thing. Yep. Where did that come Maybe from? Maybe we are a car band. <laughs> I, I don't know. We drove around a convertible in the video for that song, so I don't know what we were thinking saying that back then. But if I'm not mistaken. It's a fictional little story behind this, the lyrics. Yeah, it's a it's a fictional story about uh, a a widow a widow. Yeah, that's the yeah. It's a widow. That's as far as you want to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, her husband had this sick car, but he's dead, and now you're dating her, and you get to drive it. Let's, yeah. Well, it, it, it absolutely lines up, though, with, uh, with with the whole thing, anyway. Like, there is this thing that's sort of bestowed onto you all. Those, those... Uh... Sounds like a Camaro. <laughs> Sounds like a Camaro. Rough riffs you could throw in the back of a Camaro. 
With the type of music you do, though, you probably do have an older audience that comes going, oh, thank y'all. Thank y'all for doing it. I mean, you know, here you are, you know, to to one degree, probably writing songs for your own generation. And then there's this whole piggyback thing that comes around. Yeah, mostly it's millennials that uh, dig us. But, you know, there's some Gen Xers in there, maybe even a boomer or two. There are definitely some old heads that are like, man, you guys are awesome. Like, <laughs> they're like, what year is it? Especially after playing Bourbon and Beyond last week. I think uh, yeah. I, I think we got some older fans. How did you all end up on both of those, by the way? Like, that, no other band's done that, right, here in town? Like, to play that one in Louder Than Life, like, back-to-back? We may be the only one. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, sure it's, these that. are new festivals, so it's not like you're right. breaking a 30-year <laughs> tradition or anything, but still, like, yeah. that's... It, it it goes along to who you, like you appeal to so many different audiences. Yeah, I don't know how it happened, but I'm glad it happened. Shouts out to Danny Wimmer. Yeah, and he we he he was also kind enough to give us a headlining show also. So yeah, these are like our three Louisville shows this year. I think that was oh. the coolest thing is we were able to play Louisville three times. We said no, no, give us a show. <laughs> I mean, we'll play your festival twice if you give us a show. Like, I'll let you give me $20 if you want. <laughs> yes. that's, that's a hell of bargaining that you guys pull off right there. I guess that's the more serious part of it because, you know, the, the title, you know, I've heard this story now. It, you know, it just comes from a, a group of phrases. So maybe there's not meant to be uh, too much behind it. But, you know, does it mean something? Can it mean something in the bigger context of everything right now? Because... You know, it's you can go into any era and it's an important era for whatever. But it does seem like in 2019, things are amplified sometimes even when they're not meant to be. And is that important or not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think especially coming off of our last record where, you know, we thought world's best American band was a funny joke that everyone would laugh at. But it turns out people are like, you guys really think that? (laughs) Like, wow, that's like a really bold. I mean, it's cool. But I mean, wow. So this time we were like, let's just let's just make it a a nice sentence. Let's make it that, something genuine. Yeah, that everyone will enjoy reading, especially in these trying times. Yeah, this day and age, you know, it's kind of scary just going outside. You know, so yeah. it's nice to to face the truth and realize we all got to be nice to each other. Well, it's, it, it is good because that does work as a very personal one on one statement. But it does. You've got the planet Earth on the cover. Yep. And again, that seems like that could be try. You know, if the songs are just the escapists. If the songs are fun, let's have a great time. Like, maybe that's the way to kind of lend, you know, the the uh, the bigger conversation. I think that's what we're getting at, for sure. What was the idea behind the album artwork? Um, to you. How did we come up with We that? were all sitting at a bar with our lawyer, Kent, and we were like, w- this was while we were in Nashville recording. I think this was, like, in the middle of it, and in January, and we were like, what are we going to put on the cover? Did the name come first, or did... I think the cover came first. Yeah, cover came first. And then I think like someone just found a picture of a heart earth on Google Images because we were just looking at stuff to, to, to stuff to influence us, I guess. And I think Tony or Ryan pulled it up. Or I don't know who pulled it up, actually, but someone pulled it up on their phone. And we were like, we got to do something like that. And next thing you know, next thing we know, someone has painted us a heart earth and we, we were using it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, it's like wild that that was pretty recently in the grand scheme of things but i can't remember what came first the cover or the name yeah it's so crazy how like i mean that was january but it also feels like it was years ago but there's a you know the the 
I, I don't know if this actually works this way, but there's that possibility of when, you know, when you look back. So now we're in the present looking at the future, thinking about looking back. <laughs> but, you know, does it become that association? Like, oh, yeah, no, there's the hard earth. And that was, you know, when Greta, you know, Thunberg, you know, is, is up there talking to the UN and, and, and Congress and all of that. And, and there's, oh, wow. I think it works out with the times. Yeah. Yeah. That absolutely works with the times. You know, it's, it's just all, all interesting. Like if it's meant for that, if it's meant for that big statement. It's kind of, it's, it's, yeah, I think it was kind of subconsciously that. Yeah. Like we, we totally did it because of that. Because we, we, we gotta, we gotta save the planet. We gotta One take Earth. care of our people, take care of our people. We we don't really talk about politics very much as a band because, like you said earlier, we kind of are escapists. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a point where it's hard to ignore it. <laughs> I mean, uh, do people really want to hear about politics from us? <laughs> you know, we get to live our dream. Yeah. So I feel like the least we can do is 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 spread positivity because that way nobody can elbow us in the gut for it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it's catchy. <laughs> that's that's the way. I mean, it's an extremely catchy. I mean, heck, Neil Young's Ohio is a catchy song. Yeah, <laughs> I can sing along to it. Yeah. Yeah. We just see it as like you come to our shows. You don't have to think about Donald yeah. Donald Trump. You know, you already know about. I know you know about Donald. Yeah, Trump. you don't have to. You don't have to come into <laughs> the I'm show. Not tell you you about don't have Donald to. Trump. Just forget about that. Enjoy the show because that's what you're there for. Yeah. Well, it's certainly been great seeing you all come through the steps that you have back from that first record. Back from. You know, the early scene, I wasn't a part, like, I guess I'd already kind of stepped out from going out all the time. And, and but coming from the Skull Alley days, tell me about Skull Alley, because I wasn't a part of that. At all. Like, I missed that. And now I can look back and like, oh, man, I know all these bands. Yeah. It's a shame that I wasn't there. It was so cool. It's CrossFit now, I think. It's a CrossFit gym. I don't know if it still is, but it was for a long time. It was a tattoo parlor before it was a CrossFit gym, and I got a tattoo from there. But, I mean, the Skull Alley itself was just, it just couldn't have been a better place for us to, like, see our first shows and play our first shows. Like, it was just a perfect room, and it was centrally located in the city, so, like, we were able to meet kids from all over the place, and... We met a, a lot of groups of friends there that we were still connected with, and yeah. we all did our first stage dives <laughs> there. And uh, it, Skull Alley, really, really, one really cool thing about it was how like inclusive of a scene it was, and how you know there were definitely like some rules mm-hmm. set in place, which was really good to to face early on. You know, at like all ages. You know, don't be a beep. You know. <laughs> I don't know if this is no. Right. You can, you can cuss all you oh, want. Okay, it's... cool. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Shows and uh, you know treat everyone with respect. Do we have a, a, a like that kind of venue right now in town? You know, I think there's some kids putting on some cool house shows, but I don't know if there's like an establishment like Skull Alley was that's all ages because we always try to make it a point to play all ages when we're in town. Headliners does this thing where it's like fourteen plus. Mm-hmm. But if you're a kid and you come with your parent, they'll let you in. So I don't know. Zanzibar if does. Is. I think Zanzibar, Zanzibar does. does all ages shows. Yeah, they're they're like earlier. Yeah, I guess that's just the case with all ages. All all ages shows. It's probably you know once you're out of town, once you're in somebody else's venue in the middle of Kansas or California, whatever you know, it's, it's just, a lot of things are out of your control. But do you find that you're trying to take some of those lessons learned and, and apply them to your shows in any way? Oh yeah, we always ask whenever we're booking tours that as many shows as possible can be all ages. And obviously like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's cities smaller than Louisville that we play where like 
the venues are like, we just can't do it. Right. So we'll get 18 plus from time to time, but we make it a point to try and do it. Try all as hard do. as we can with when we even just like browse different venues from the city that were that's in question, try to figure out a place. But if it doesn't happen, we're sorry. It'll happen one day. <laughs> we're sorry. We'll, we'll be back. I guess that's why festivals are really helpful in, in, yeah. in that sense, too. Yeah. But what little kid can pay to get into? $300. <laughs> I really want to see White Reaper. <laughs> Life savings. Uh, fellas, all right, you deserve love. Uh, it's, it's really great. And it's so great, again, to hear you all just keep doing this Thanks, better man. and better every single time. Thanks, dude. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Tony, Nick, White Reaper, the brand new album is called You Deserve Love. Absolutely make sure you check it out. And thanks for uh, checking out the series as well. Stick around to the end of the interview. The credits owe the fun of me telling you, hey, subscribe to the series if you're not already a subscriber already. You can do that. Uh, iTunes, at YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, Podchaser, any of those places, wherever you get your podcast from. Hit the subscribe button or leave a review. Give us a rating. Anything you can do to help spread the word, actually. After that, head to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour of uh, new song premieres, of music news, anniversary spins, and more interviews as well. That's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news you can also find me at twitter at kyle meredith and facebook slash kyle meredith and that does it for another edition i'm kyle meredith i'll see you next time consequence podcast network when you visit arizona time is measured in moments not minutes like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.